Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and happy Friday if you're listening to this show live. My name is Jamie Ivey, and I am the host of this podcast, The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. Today we have a great show for you. My friend Morlake Kennison is back on the show. And listen, she was just here in December, so you're like, Jamie, why is she back so soon after December? Well, I'll tell you this. In December, we aired some audio from a lot of our videos that released earlier in 2021. So Morlake was actually our very first guest on The Jamie Ivey Show, and it aired on YouTube last February of 2021, so almost a year ago. And that interview was so much fun and so important. And we aired it in December. And now we wanted to have a follow up because if you listened in December, or if you watched the interview on YouTube, Morlake at that time was planning and training to participate in the Olympics this past summer. It was the 2020 Olympics that were actually postponed until 2021. And Morlake did not make the final. She did not make the American Olympic team. And so I thought, what a better way then to finish up that conversation was to come back and have her on and say, man, how do we talk about the things that don't happen in our lives? How do we talk about the things that you plan for and you dream of and then they don't come true? Morlake has a very, very important outlook on this because let me just say most of us that are listening to my voice right now are not going to miss out on the Olympics, but there are so many things in our lives that we're going to prepare for that we're going to dream about and they might not happen. And Morlake has beautiful advice. You know, she said in here, she said the worst thing that could have possibly happened just happened and you're okay you're okay. She said she has a better understanding of what winning actually is in life and what friends actually are for after this experience. So no matter what you've walked through in your life, if you've ever experienced failures or successes or dreams that happened or didn't happen, you're going to be really impacted and encouraged by our conversation today. Speaking of YouTube, uh, the show that Morlake was on is called The Jamie Ivey Show, and you can find it on YouTube. Each episode is about 25 to 30 minutes, and it's like a little talk show. I had so much fun doing it. Head on over to jamieivy.com slash YouTube, and you can find all of the interviews from The Jamie Ivey Show there. Find Morlake's if you want to watch that first. And I think it's sometimes fun to see the people that you're listening to, and you can do that over there on YouTube. While you're there, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that every time we release new videos, you will be notified about them. All right, friends, here's my conversation with Morlake Akinison. Morlake, welcome back to the happy hour. It is so good to be here, Jamie. This is like one of my favorite podcasts. So like, I'm like, I get to be on the happy hour. That's awesome. Twice now. I mean, this is number two. So what we did, listeners, is in December, we played all of the audio from the Jamie Ivey show, which is a video talk show series that we put up on YouTube early 2021. So come December 2021, we played the audio and you were on the happy hour then. And so now you're back in January 2022. Yes. Oh, it's crazy. It's 2022. That feels weird. 
weird to say because I feel like it should still be March of 2020. We all remember March of 2020. I have come to figure out there are a couple of things in my life that I remember where I was when it happened. Like I remember where I was when Columbine happened. I remember where I was when Princess Diana was killed. You know, my dad tells a story. He remembers where he was when he heard JFK had been assassinated. Listen, when you say March of 2020, all of us go back to I remember something from then realizing the world just changed. What is it for you? When you think of March of 2020, what do you think of? So the day that the world actually changed, like it was like March 13th, 2020. I went over to my friend's house and there was four of us over there and we watched the movie. I don't remember what it's called, but it's with Brad Smith and everyone turns into zombies and there's like a world disease spreading Maybe it's I watched this that month as well. Why did we do this to ourselves? I don't know. And me and my friend's girlfriend were there like terrified, like scared of the zombies underneath the blanket, like not trying to watch. And we're like, this is what the world's about to turn into. Everyone's going to be sick and turning into zombies. And we're going to have to fend for ourselves. And like the four of us were like, this is it. We can't hang out with anyone but us four. Like, this is it. And then everyone was spending for themselves that month getting toilet paper. That's what was happening that month. Yep. Oh my gosh. I remember Aaron and I were in Mexico City the very last week of March. I think we flew home literally on like March 1st or something. And when we were in Mexico City, we found out that Austin had canceled South by. And I remember we were like, wait, they canceled South by like, why would they do that? This is not even in America. Why, why are we canceling South by? And it's so funny now to think that like, I thought these people are the most crazy people I've ever heard of in my entire life. Canceling South by. I got back from Hawaii on like March 8th. And I remember being there being like, oh, like maybe I should like wash my hands a little bit more. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Oh, maybe I should just like, you know, be a little bit careful. I was in Hawaii. I got back and then th- that week the world was shut. Down. Yeah. Yeah. I also ordered masks and they were like from a friend of mine, like a small business person. They were like $20 each. And I remember Aaron was like, why are we spending money on masks? Like this is the dumbest thing I ever heard of. And it's just crazy because here we are, January, 2022. Um, and all joking aside, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people have died. This is not a, a joking thing. This We take this very seriously, but it is interesting to look back and seem like, man, so much has changed. And that's why I'm glad you're here as well, because not only just COVID and stuff, but you've gone through a lot of changes in the last year. I would say in the last year has been a lot of change for you. Last year, when we sat down and talked, you were training to compete for the 2020, but it was in 2021 Olympics in Tokyo and life took a turn that you didn't see coming. And so I would love to talk with you about that today, because here's what I know to be true is that most of my listeners right now have not trained for an Olympic race <laughs> at all. I do not recommend it. It's not fun. <laughs> I would say that most of us are like, oh, I don't, I don't relate to that. But I will say that most of us, if not all of us have had a dream in our head and have had a goal in mind and have worked really hard at something. And then to find that it didn't happen can be really devastating. For some people, it can be really life altering. For some people, it can be the death of a dream. I mean, it's just, it's hard and we all get it. And so you've walked through that this year. So I would love to just hear a little catch up from last time we talked, you were training for the 2020 Olympics, and then you went to the trials. And so if you'll just let us know, Like, what was that life like for you with the Olympic trials? And then I don't want to spoil the lead here, but we can to know that you didn't make something that you've been training for. I'll start from the beginning. So I went into the Olympic trials. That meet, it's a two week meet. The 100 was the first weekend. The 200, 100 meaning the 100 meter dash was the first weekend. The 200 meter dash was the second weekend. And I went in very confident because I had a great week of training beforehand. I was feeling sharp. 
I was just fantastic. But while I was there in Eugene, Oregon, where the Olympic trials were taking place, I did not feel like myself at all. I, at the time, could not have put a name to it, could not have figured out why, but I could hardly eat. I could hardly sleep. I could hardly do anything. I was like barely functioning as a person. And I just like decided that it was all nerves because of the Olympic trials. And I remember being on the starting line on race day and being there, standing there, like waiting for the starter to say on your mark. And before he said on your mark, I looked down and like my hand was shaking. And typically my hand was shaking before the starter even said on your mark. Typically for me in race scenarios, I do not get nervous until after the starter has said on your mark. But at that point, it's too late. Like get in the blocks because he's about to say go. So like I have like maximum one minute to be nervous. He hadn't even said on your mark yet. And my hand was shaking, but I'm like, there's no way I'm nervous. You never get nervous, but you did have that energy drink in the warm up area, but right before you warmed up. So like your body is just probably like, you know, has the jitters or something. I, for the life of me, cannot remember the race. I can't remember running it. I don't remember what it feels like. That 11 seconds is like blocked out from my memory forever. I've watched it back, but I can't remember it. And I crossed the finish line. And when I crossed the finish line, I looked up and realized that I didn't make the final. And so There was no possible way that I would be going to Tokyo, at least for the 100 or the four by 100 relay, because I wouldn't be in the final of the 100 meter dash at the Olympic trials. And I felt a lot of feelings all at once. But the strangest one to me that I couldn't let go of was like relief. And all of a sudden it felt like this huge burden that was on my shoulders was like lifted up. Like I no longer felt extreme pressure. I'm like, it's over. And at first I felt relief. And then I walked back to the warm up area. I, you know, took my spikes off and then I'm not sure I started crying yet, but I saw my coach and she just gave me a hug. And I was just like, I don't know what to do here. And then I was trying to get back to the, essentially get back into the stands to find my family. And two of my very best friends had flown to Eugene for the Olympic trials as well. My mom, my dad, and both my sisters were there. And then two of my very best friends, Anna and Emmanuel, were also at the Olympic trials watching me as well. And so then I saw my sister, Anna, and Emmanuel trying to get to me. And I was trying to get to them. And it was just a cluster. And eventually I see them and I just like break down and start crying. And I don't know if I was crying because I was sad or if I was crying because I felt like I had disappointed them because they flew there. Like Eugene's a terrible place to try and get to. And they all flew there and came there to watch me make the Olympic team. And not only did I not make the team, but like I didn't make the final. Over the next few days, oh, I'm skipping a great part. I get back into the stands and I sit down and talk to my dad. And I think that I have the world's greatest dad, but I'm pretty sure that every girl feels like they have the world's greatest dad, but I will put my dad up against your dad any day. And I don't even remember everything that my dad told me, but two things stick out the most. He said to me, the worst thing that could possibly happen just happened and you're okay. And then he said to me, this is the last time that you're going to cry about this. And he just made me feel so loved and just like, so okay. Like that everything is fine. He's like, look, 
you were the worst thing that could have happened just happened. And look, you're fine. You're okay. Did you feel okay? Not yet. I did not feel okay. I went home that day. Well, not home. I went back to my hotel that night. And I think the sun came up before I finally fell asleep because my mind was just going and going and going. And by the time I actually got up the next morning, I started to feel okay. And I realized that like, not that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter. And my parents weren't sad or disappointed that they flew all the way out there and I didn't make the team. And Anna and Emmanuel weren't mad that like they wasted their time. And my sisters were happy that they were there with me. Everything was okay. And I would- Did those people say that to you? Because I mean, I can imagine that you're bringing that, like you're saying it now. Did you say that to them? Like, I let you guys down. You came all the way out here. Did you have that discussion? Because it feels like that was a big feeling for you. I didn't. They told me. Mm -hmm. I remember having a conversation with Anna, maybe like two or three days later after she had left. And she called me to just check in because I was still there and waiting for the 200. And she said to me that she is more happy that like, I'm going to cry telling it because I love Anna so much. She said to me that she's more happy that she was there when I didn't make the team to be there for me. And I was like, gosh, and I was so terrified that I disappointed her. Mm. And now I'm crying. But she was legit like one of my greatest friends. Yeah. Well, in a sense, she was saying to you, like, if you make it, if you don't make it, I'm here to support you either way. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that you make sure emotional. Now you even got me kind of teary eyed. It's like, that's the kind of friend and people that we want surrounding us is the ones that say, Hey, what you do and don't do doesn't change the way I feel about you. Exactly. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. 
If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Okay, so you still have the 200 to run. And you said, I just want to follow up here because yeah. I think someone might be thinking the same thing I'm thinking. You said you fell off that week. Did you ever figure out what was off or like, were you just legitimately maybe more nervous? I was just nervous. Yeah. I had put, I had no one else. My parents didn't care. My friends didn't care. My coach obviously cared, but she had to put that pressure on me. Mm-hmm. I had just put the weight of the world on my own shoulders. And I had just yeah. felt like you have to succeed. You do not have mm-hmm. a choice. Failure is not an option. You must make the Olympic team because if you don't make the team, what are you doing this for? Like, why did you just spend the last eight months, not even eight months, because we had an extra year. Why did you just spend mm-hmm. the last 18 months training for this, if you're going to fail, what was the point? And I said that no one said it to me, but I fully believe that. And I also was like, there's also hundreds of people, literally hundreds of people, family and friends who were there, who were gathered around TVs, who were just like waiting for me to succeed. So I have to. It's mm, a lot of pressure, Marlike. I can't disappoint everyone. So the 100 made me realize that it didn't matter because it didn't change how those people felt. They didn't feel disappointed. They didn't feel like I was a failure. They didn't love me any less. They didn't feel any of that. And so I I don't want to say that I stopped caring because I didn't stop mm. caring. I absolutely still cared about the meet and the Olympic trials and I still wanted to go, but I stopped caring about failing. And I went into the 100 weekend super serious, like focused, like just like dialed in, mm. not talking to anyone, not laughing, just trying to be like straight faced assassin, just we're going to kill the competition mentality. And it did not work at all. 200 weekend, <laughs> the following weekend, I am like a different person. Yeah. I feel lighter. I feel freer. I'm laughing in the warm up area. I'm like, just, I feel like myself. I was able to eat. I was able to sleep. I just let go of the sense that I'm like, if I make the team fantastic, if I don't make the team fantastic, mm. that's where I had gotten to finally. And I ran two PRs, but all three rounds, I ran faster than my previous PR coming into the meet that mm. weekend. I didn't make the team in the 200, but when I crossed the finish, 
finish line, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel sad. I didn't, I felt just like you did a great job. That's how I felt. Like I ran three great races. I did better than I did ever in life. And also tenfold better than I did the weekend before in the event that was supposed mm-hmm. to be like my premier event, the one that I was to be successful in. It was like the 200 was my backup event, essentially. It wasn't even like my real event. It was like the, you may as well run the 200 mm-hmm. too. Not my like. While we're here. Yes. We're <laughs> here. We may as well do it too. And then it was so sweet for me because my friend and training partner, Gabby was in that race. And she, at the time, ran the second fastest time in the 200 ever. And so like being able to be on the track with her and like, I think I gave her the first hug. And if I didn't, I'm just going to claim that I did. And like celebrate that moment with her. Go for it. it was just like incredible. And like, I didn't feel any sort of negative emotion, feeling jealousy, nothing. I was just like, what Gabby, that's incredible. And I walked off the track that day and there were no more tears shed. And my dad flew back that weekend. I didn't have all the troops come back the next weekend, but my dad came back the following weekend and the manual came back the following weekend. And they were both like, I hope that you're proud of yourself. And I'm like, I am. And I just got into such a better place that I didn't reach my goal. I didn't go to the Olympics mm-hmm. this past summer. I wasn't in Tokyo, but it doesn't matter because while it's a great story to share and I have my Rio Tokyo bib on top of me, I just know that like, it's not going to matter in 20 years. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, there's this idea that I talk a lot about and wrote a little bit about it in my last book about just like using our talents, you know, using the gifts and you have just like a gift that a lot of us don't have of like, you're a professional runner. I mean, like we talked about that in the show, like this is your job. <laughs> you're not just like running for the fun of it. Although I hope it's fun, but it's your job and you have these talents. And then something that you're talking about, I keep thinking about as well as like this redefinition of success. And when you look back on the Olympic trials in 2021, and Eugene, when you didn't quote unquote be successful because you didn't make the Olympics, can you look back on that weekend and say like, it's a reframing of whose idea of success is going to win for me today? The world's idea of success, which would be Morla K qualifies in the 100 and the 204 by one and she goes and wins a gold, right? That's the world's idea of success. But your idea of success from what I'm hearing is like after the 200, you were like, man, I did my, I did the best and I feel amazing. So how did that happen for you? That switch between the 100 and the 200? Because it sounds like you did Mm reevaluate what would be a successful race for me in this 200, right? And so how did you get there? I think it was realizing that I was wrong. And so it wasn't necessarily anything that I did, but just continuing to live life and realize that, hey, I didn't think that I failed. And let me, you know what? My reason for success was not because I wanted the medal. And it's going to sound bad, but I'm like, I already have the medal. Like I already did it. I've been there, done that. So like that wasn't the success that I was looking for. The success that I was looking for was found in not disappointing people. Mm -hmm. That would have been success to me. And so when I realized that when I thought I had failed, but what I thought I had failed at, I didn't actually fail at. I was like, oh, I didn't fail at that. And so then I would say that I won because I came to a better understanding of what winning actually is and what friends are actually for. And how none of these worldly things matter. Yeah, because like you just said this and it's so true. Like when we walk through these hard situations or we walk through failure, whether that be a personal failure, you know, and although personal failures do have consequences, like I'll just throw that in there. But whatever kind of failure you walk through, you just said a while ago, like in 20 years, like does 
that weekend in Eugene actually define your life? No. no. I'm going to ask you a bigger question. Does that weekend in Rio define your life? I won't say that it defines my life at all. I will say that it changed my life, but the Rio story, I think is a crazier story than the Tokyo story. No, I think the Rio story and like even how I made that Olympic team, I think that is a crazier story than the Tokyo story. And I think it changed my life and it changed my perception of how real God is mm. and just everything that happened in Rio and lead, not even happened in Rio, happened at the Olympic trials in 2016 and then in Rio. I think it changed my life, but by no means does it define my life. I think that's what our point that both of us are like, have come to realize in just our years of following Jesus is just like successes are amazing and they are fun. And it did change your life. You were a gold medalist and like no, not many people can say that. But yet at yeah. the end of the day, that's not what you want people to, the only thing you want people to say about you. I want it to be like the fifth thing on the list when people talk about me. I want it to be like, oh, this is my mm -hmm. friend. She loves Jesus. She's really smart. She's funny. She's nice to her friends. And oh yeah, she won a gold medal. By the way. <laughs> like I want it to be like the fifth thing, but it's like, yeah. no, it doesn't define me at all. And I think that was also something that I had to truly let go of with this past Olympics is, and, but really I started letting go of it after the Achilles rupture, but it was not being defined by like my success mm -hmm. on the track. And so if being a track and field athlete is what I do and being an Olympian is who I am, but it's not who I am, then I should be going to the Tokyo Olympics and just letting go of that and being like, no, it's not who I am. It's just a title. It's just one of the other things that mm -hmm. I've accomplished in life. It's not who I am though. I love it. And I think all of us have to work through that of like, what are the things that identify me and define me? Because although you are a track athlete, if that becomes your sole definition, then when you don't make the Olympics, you crumble, you don't recover, you can't yeah. go on, life falls. You know, it's the same thing I always say all the time. Like I don't want my major definition of life to be wife or mother, because although I hope that like my marriage to Aaron never goes away. What if it did? Or, you know, what if like my life as a mom, well, I'm about to send a kid off to college. Do I know who I am without my kid in my house? And so it's just like, we have to have greater things that define us than what we do in life. So my next question for you is walking through this. And it's such an encouragement mm -hmm. for us to see you have to yep. kind of like, like walk through failure in a sense, even though we've already talked about that it was not a failure. Like, but the thing is that you didn't make the Olympic team. You're still an athlete. You're still training. You're still moving forward. I mean, I remember, I think I saw you say somewhere like, I'm still racing. Like this is, we're still, you're still training. What does training look like for you now? And I don't mean like, what are you training for, but do you have a different mindset even when you train now? Well, yes, I have to have a different mindset because I have a new coach and I recently moved to Los Angeles and I am now working with coach Bobby Kersey. Bobby Kersey has coached tons of top. Is that Jackie Joyner Kersey's husband? Correct. I loved watching her and race. He, yes. And he was also her coach. <gasps> he coached the great Flojo. He coached, he coaches Allison Felix. He coaches Sydney McLaughlin. He has coached some legends over the years of his long-term in coaching and the track and field world. So training looks very different to me because I was with my former coach, Coach Bailey, for almost 10 years, all through college, and then for five years post-college. And the biggest change for me so far, or just, yeah, so far, is letting go of everything that I thought I knew and just being a blank canvas, an open book, and being open mm -hmm. to letting someone else 
teach me their way of doing things because there is no one way to do something in the same way that every shooting coach will show you how to hold the basketball slightly different. Every track coach is going to have something to do that's slightly different. And one way of running and moving has been ingrained in my brain for almost 10 years. And now I'm like, I have to learn a different way and be open to it because that's why I'm here. Otherwise, why'd you come to a new coach? Okay. Besides track running and coaching and all those things, how much are you loving LA? I love LA and it's officially my second favorite city behind Austin, Texas, right? No, Austin's falling like fourth now. My, you, you leave us for like a couple months and now all of a sudden we're like forgotten. Who's what's your favorite city in the United States? Chicago. I'm biased because Because you're from there. Yes, I'm biased, but I genuinely feel like Chicago is the best city in the United States. It has everything you want. The only negative I have to say about Chicago, the only negative is it's cold. It's so cold. And I did not know for the first several years of my life that the cold was an option and that you did not have to live in cold places. And then I went to Texas and there was no winter or like winter lasted like a month. And I was like, the cold is an option. Like I don't right. have to live in the cold. Right. Okay. So Chicago's your favorite. I was there this fall. I was there speaking at a church about 45 minutes outside of Chicago. And I took my oldest son with me and we stayed in Chicago. It was so cold. And this was in November. Mm-hmm. It was already so cold. And, but we had yeah. such a great time. We had such a yeah. great time. Okay. Chicago. And then LA, is that your second? Yes. LA is my second. Okay. And then, then it's New York. Give me two more because the city, New York City. Yeah, New yeah. York City. And then and is then Austin, Austin even fourth? And or? then Austin. But if, <laughs> if it's to live in, it's probably Chicago, LA, Austin. Okay. Austin's not like too far down. Like I love Austin. Well, this is going to release in January. So I would have already been in Austin, but I still have my house in Austin. I'm oh, you do? Be, yeah. I'm going to be in Austin a few weeks. Like I'm very attached to Austin. Well, we love you in Austin, us Longhorns. Austin. <laughs> We're recording this like, I don't know, mid-December and I'm wearing like a jacket, like a winter jacket, but the AC is on in my office because like I want to wear jackets because it's December, but outside is like 76 and muggy and humid and nasty. So you're not missing that. Well, okay. This is January, 2022. And so I would just love to ask you this. Like, are you a person that does words of the year or do you set goals? How do you handle January every year? Like how I handle every other month of the year with nothing. I love it. I do not believe in setting goals. Oh, tell me why this is a hot take. Yes, it is. This is something that I stole from Emmanuel Acho. Maybe if we're in 2022, six years ago now. I do not believe in setting goals because I think that goals at best limit how much you could achieve or they hurt your self-esteem and self-efficacy. If we go back to the Olympic trials, my goal, whether or not I said it out loud, because it was the goal for every single person that was at the Olympic trials was to make the Olympic team. And by not making the team, I hurt how much I believed in myself. Now with a goal so simple as like make the Olympic team, you either like, you can't really limit yourself because if you make the team, you make the team. But if we would have switched it up and said, I want to make the team and run 1085 in the hundred and I run 1085 and I reached my goal and I'm ecstatic that I reached that goal. What if I would have set my goal at 1080? Would I have run 1080 if I was reaching for something higher? And it's just a cyclical thing of like, okay, but like, mm. what if I would have made it 1075 or what if I would have made it the world? Like you only limit yourself. And so I don't believe in setting goals. Yeah, I don't believe in setting finite goals that I don't believe in limiting myself. And so every year, my goal is just to be 
the best version of myself every day. And I have a picture that's hanging up in my bathroom here. It's hanging up in my bathroom in Austin. And it says, you did not wake up to be mediocre. And it's the first thing that I see every morning when I walk into the bathroom is that you did not wake up to be mediocre. And so whatever it is that it is that you're doing today, you're going to do it great because you did not wake up to be mediocre. And that's what I believe. And so in January, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be like, you didn't get here to be mediocre. Get out there and do your job. That's it. Hey, I love it. You're helping me because sometimes I feel like I'm not very good at setting the goals. Like I have these ideas and I have these dreams, but I'm like, man, I need to like set it out and lay it out and do all the things. And now I'm like, how about I just wake up every day and say, you didn't wake up to be mediocre. And I also feel like you just get to start over every day too. And so if you end the day feeling like, you know what, I did not do my best today at whatever it is that you were doing. Then you just go to sleep, you wake up the next day and you do it Mm -hmm. over and you have a new day to wake up and you decide today, I'm not going to be mediocre. I don't need a new year or a new month or a Monday to decide that I'm going to start doing something. Guys, if you're not encouraged, you just need to hit rewind about three minutes and listen again. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. All right, Marlika, I'd love to hear what are you reading these days? So does audiobooks count as reading? 100% because I just finished. You me tell you what? I just finished on audiobook? Yes, yes, yes. Will. Oh my gosh. Is that yours? Wait, that was not what I was going to tell you. I was going to say a different one because it's what I'm listening to right now. But right before the one I'm listening to right now, I listened to Will. How much did you love it? I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. It made my saw, one of my top 10 books of 2021. Absolutely, easily. I think that it is the best audiobook that I've ever listened to. You know what? I'm going to give you an agreeance on that. I would say it would tie for me with Matthew McConaughey's. Did you listen to his audiobook? I did listen to Matthew McConaughey's. Okay. I think that I would give Matthew McConaughey's number two. I would actually fall in line with you on this. It was a phenomenal audiobook. Yes. It was so phenomenal. Will went on tour and did like five cities for his book. And of course, now that I'm in LA, LA is one of the cities. And so I got to see Will on tour, give talk about the book. Just the greatest experience ever. I love Will Smith. Grew up watching Fresh Prince. Like I did too. Love uh-huh. Will Smith. The book made me love him even more. It was just so phenomenally done. Just fantastic. That was what I, I, I stole your thunder, but what are you listening to now? <laughs> okay. Now I am listening to unbound by Tanera Kirk. I believe it is. I don't know this. Tell me. Harvard. And she is the woman that started the me too movement. Okay. And she is writing her memoir about her life and it is deep and it is kind of heavy because she writes about her 
many times and many accounts that she was sexually abused in her life, starting from the time when she was very, very young and didn't even know what sexual assault was and how it took her mm. years to like realize mm-hmm. that like what that man did to me was very wrong and very awful, but she just didn't know what it was because she was basically a baby the first time it happened to her. That's a heavy book to listen to. Yes. I started reading it at first because I always do this. I'm the person that buys the book and then listens to the audio. (laughs) I started reading it at first and I love listening to memoirs because it's something so special about hearing someone tell their own story. So me too. I think that's what made, you know, back to Will's book, it made it so mm-hmm. special as well as hearing him talk about it. I watched him in an interview with Oprah. I don't know if you've seen that or I not. It's it. also worth watching. Okay. Well, that book, man, that sounds really interesting too, because I love listening to memoirs as well. All right. What are you loving these days? Los Angeles. Los Angeles. <laughs> Being in a new city. It's like an adventure for me every single day. There's like the small happies. And you know what? Today I'm going to drive all the way the entire day without using my GPS and like, just to see if I can make it back home and see if I can get yeah. where I'm going and just the little things in that. So I'm loving exploring my new city and being here. I love it so much. Marley Kay, joy to talk to you. Congrats on your new coach. And I kind of had a fangirl moment when you said his name because I am 43. So if you do the math, like I grew up watching all of those people that he used to coach. Yeah. And so Fun, fun, fun. Thanks for... Well, come to a track meet. I'll introduce you. I, I literally would die. I would die. I would die. Tell me when your track meets are and I'm, I'm going to be there. <laughs> I don't even know the answer to that yet, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back on. And I know that this has been a real encouragement to those who are maybe walking through a season of like feeling like they didn't meet that goal. And, you know, that's... We talked a lot around that and about that, but I think that's something that people can understand and relate to. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love the happy hour. You're so kind. All right, friends, I hope that you were encouraged today as you listen to Morla Kay and I have this conversation. She has this personal experience of saying, hey, what I thought was going to happen, it didn't happen. And guess what? I am okay. I hope you're also encouraged at the beginning of the year as you're thinking through goals and resolutions and everyone has a different idea and thought, but Morla Kay has a really great opinion about how setting goals can sometimes limit us and how she doesn't do that. One thing I really hope that you heard her say is that failures do not define us, but neither do our successes. You guys, you are defined by the creator and he loves you and he cares about you. And listen, in here, we talk about my book, You Be You, which came out a year and a half ago or something. And so many times in that book, do we talk about how chasing faithfulness is more important than chasing the success of the world. And when you are faithful to what God has called you to do, you are actually successful. Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to bring to you, and every opportunity we get to point us all to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is actually the number one way that people find out about our show because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that make us think, make Make us laugh and point us to Jesus. Also, come find me on other places around the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy, And we've been having some fun posting videos on YouTube as well. Sometimes do you wish you could see the person I'm interviewing? Well, come over and find us there and you can. JamieIvy.com slash YouTube. 
The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics by Rachel Ray. The show is edited by the team at Podshaper. And I'm your host, Jamie. And I love every single week that I get to be here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.